So the refreshing podcast is back and it's basically funny February and merry March and the excuse is basically to get on some top talent from the comedic world and I'm very pleased to be joined and I'm putting it out there straight away that I didn't manage to see Mr Adam Flood who was absolutely exceptional at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2023. He's on his first debut tour this year. Uh, Adam welcome to the refreshing podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out to speak to me. Johnny, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Touching back on 2023 in terms of the Fringe debut, I know you sort of had a little bit dibbing in and out and a little dabbled with the Edinburgh Fringe with a work in progress in 2022, but just taking you back last year and then actually get that on stage, was it exciting? Oh, it was exciting, let me tell you. I mean, the Fringe, when you're starting out as a comedian, it's something that you've always got your eye on. You go for the very first time and it's big and it's scary. You're doing probably what you know should be the worst gig of your career when you're just starting out somewhere in some <laughs> back room of a meat restaurant to three kind of unknown you're unknown and the tourist had no idea that you were going to be doing a gig to them so yeah. then to end up doing a room where people have actually paid to see and some of them have heard of you that's that's kind of it's a feels like a big turnaround yeah i had such a good time it's one of those where I know an awful lot of work goes in and I'm always very hesitant to say, oh, what's happening uh, next year? Because I know it's quite demanding. I think anyone who's at the fringe, and particularly something which I didn't maybe value truly until I got into this world and hanging around with a couple of comedians being blessed, spending some time with either those guys or people working at various venues like the Monkey Barrel or Assembly or, or, or any of the sort of the, the big venues. Sort of an expectation to just do the fringe and then, oh, that went really well. Let's do it again a year later. But it isn't always like that, is it? It's kind of do the fringe and then take that on tour. We see that with you with Remolded. Frank Skinner's 30 Years of Dirt is obviously on tour and that was a fringe show. So it's kind of, if you come to the fringe, you're probably going to see something that will tour. It's not just a case of that just stays in Edinburgh and then 12 months later, something fresh comes to Edinburgh. It is something where you can if you pardon the pun, almost mould or remould. Is that kind of correct in saying that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think uh, that seems like the the Ferris wheel that I'm on now and that many people are on where you you start it in the fringe and you, you take it around the UK and then you're back to the fringe. It's a great place to, to figure stuff out. Like you say, learn what works and what, what doesn't. Just because you're in the same place the whole time, you feel it's a very creative place to be. You're around a lot of comics. You're out late. You're stimulated. <laughs> so <laughs> so you're yeah it's um the first year for many comics like myself that you know the debut that's kind of like all the stuff you've been working on throughout either from when you started or from when you got good you know because sometimes they're quite far apart <laughs> so <laughs> yeah this year feels quite interesting because it's stuff that I'm coming up with in a year as opposed to three years so it's kind of already on for that and I guess it will either be completely perfect by the fringe or it won't be. And then uh, and you're working it out there and then. Do you kind of feel like the fringe equals fearless sometimes in terms of what you can kind of go, oh, fuck it, if it doesn't work one night, I've got another 25 dates in front of me to maybe get it working or just scrap that idea? I mean, yeah, sort of. I think there was a year, a year I went in 2021 where I did a, a split bill with my friend and comic Paddy Young. And Who I've interviewed, a lovely guy. Brilliant show, by the way, last year as well, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. We did, it was the COVID year. So like, it had basically, it looked like the Fringe wasn't going to happen. And we ended up having a split a week at the end of the month. 
And by the time it got to then, like all the times had changed in that like they were allowing everybody back in. So we had like a 120 seater room when we were just a few years in that was sold out every night, even though we were, you know, complete nobodies with half an hour to fill with maybe 10 minutes of good stuff. And then we were like, <laughs> right. 20 minutes of ad-libbing. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that pressure, but also that freedom to just be like, well, okay, there's 120 people in every night. We have to be a comedian now, actually, rather than two losers. Um, kind of set a precedent, really, for like, if you believe in it and give it some welly, you can you can get off the ground, which is sort of half the battle, really, just believing what it, what it is uh, is good and... Um, and finding the right people to connect with it, you know. Two losers, not at all, because there was, you know, accolades left, right and centre for Paddy and you, including Times One to Watch. And also I've got here, which I was going to touch upon, of all what's going on, did you ever think you'd win Best Poster? Um, because your sculpture-looking head from Art Attack kind of-esque, you on a plinth, in effect, with sort of all clay around you, that won one of the best posters, which having a good poster at the fringe or equally having a shite poster at mm. the fringe, a kind of good in equal measure but yours was definitely good, not shite. Did you ever think that accolade would be on the list of your achievements? And is that poster in the downstairs toilet? <laughs> it is, well, I would love to have a downstairs. I live in London, so I don't have any stairs. <laughs> yeah, I barely have a toilet. It's pared back. It's, uh, I've got a chamber potty and, uh, and I have the poster in that. No, I really like working on the poster because the poster is um, it's the first thing that somebody sees if they don't know who you are, right? So it's like if I jumped on on this zoom meeting thing and i looked like shite i'm saying shite because you've said shite that's fine you can say worse than that mate it's okay okay well maybe really shite um <laughs> then you're gonna think who the fuck is this guy but and also it's like an extension of the show so i think if you can get something across if you can get people's attention with it in a pretty crowded market of stuff and it's also really fun to work on so that both times my most recent posts I've worked with an artist on it coming up with the idea and it's also I, do you know what I love to do I love to find ways of working on the show that isn't actually working on the show um, <laughs> so this I could sit down and write a joke or I could come up with a poster I could sit down and write a joke or I could try and work on some weird sound effect to put into the show so it's like I like to find new and creative ways to waste my time that is adjacent to the show <laughs> well that's it I was quite surprised and um, you know how much and some of the comedians I managed to see last year Paddy is an example with the TV screens being behind him with various sound effects with almost replaying your own joke Tamsin Kelly was someone else I managed to see um, and her sort of crescendo was a character I won't give it away just in case mm. no one got to see it and she's still on tour but kind of a 90s character bursts in there's a lot of that you even look at it with like Joe Lysett and one of his recent stand-ups was basically 60 minutes of him going around and making an LGBT kind of festival happen and all what goes into that and all the, the silliness of what he creates or showing emails on the screens and stuff. Do you, do you think that's kind of almost where the comedy element is going to go? It isn't just standing up. There's always a time to stand up with the microphone in front of you with the spotlight above you, but is the kind of visuals and the audio and the sound effects if you've mentioned, is, is that another way this is going to go, do you think? Well, it depends on each act, I'd say. Like, I myself, I use a lot of sounds. I use vocal effects. So I, like, I manipulate my voice. I do songs and a sparing amount. And I think it's sort of, it's just whatever it is that you can 
do you know uh <laughs> i think it's you quite you often end up putting in stuff that you've worked on i used to be in a band you see failed musician i have seen this yes maketh a comedian i tell you it's much easier gigging around the uk with just you rather than having to lug a grumpy drummer around with you never mind the drum kit I really like putting sounds in it and stuff. You know, my new show that I'm working on, I'm using, you know, real voice notes and stuff from my life at the moment. I don't know if that will end up going in the real show. I, I love pure stand-up. You don't want to get in the way of that because that, yeah. you know, is is the thing probably that I'm most excited about doing. And I think a lot of comics, you know, that's, even though there are these other trinkets, I think you don't want it to get in the way and these hooks and, and gimmicks shouldn't oversaturate the thing. But uh, if it can elevate it, and within an hour, you know, watching an hour show, that's a long time, Johnny. Sometimes yeah. you need something to just go, shake you out your seat. I really love doing that with the audience, like playing with expectations about what it is that you're going to do and what you will do and what you're doing. I will be doing that in the second show as well um, until I get to a point where I go, oh, fuck it, I'll just, I'm lazy, I'll just stand here with the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll even sit down. Who knows? Yeah, why not? Well, the poster, the award-winning poster last year was advertising Remoulded, which is doing 2024 dates. Uh, a couple have been played already. Leicester, Brighton, Stoke, Manchester, Bristol, London, Glasgow, and it ends in Edinburgh on the 16th of March. So you're on tour now, Adam. So this is Remoulded, kind of taking that fringe show from last year. But give us a little bit of background to the tour. And if people want to go and see you, which they obviously should between now and mid-March, what would they kind of expect without giving too much away? It's, it's a show about I guess coming from a a shithole and um <laughs> why yeah, you've gone from Stoke to London is that why <laughs> yeah I'm going from a shithole to a really expensive shithole <laughs> um it's about I guess about getting wrapped up in trouble as a youth about reinventing yourself I think that we all do it and people can look down on it you know and it's about trying to find the best version of yourself and all of these different things that I've done along the way of being in a in a band and trying to run my own weird business and all of these things is sort of what is it the the heart of the show like you say it's a stand up show with little bits of sounds along the way i've and uh, doing it out on tour has been it's been kind of amazing i've had 6 months off doing it and getting back to it has been it's been sort of amazing to be like oh god yeah i, I love this show I'm dead excited to finish off the dates, um, like you say, running at Soho Theatre in London and then finishing it where I started it, in, in Edinburgh on the 16th of March, so at the Monkey Barrel. I love the Monkey Barrel. It's really cool to be finishing the show there. It's a joy to do. Going back on that sort of like, kind of want to say what was running the weird business or the kind of stuff you used to get involved with back in the day, were you always quite comfortable being that person with your mates or in the office or running that own business to be quite confident and you kind of thought, actually, yes, maybe this should be where I go to make a bit more cash. There's definitely something in this rather than whatever that weird business was. Yeah, I've always liked trying to be, use humour. I guess when you're trying to find your way at school and that, you're especially when it's a, a rough school, you got to do what you can. Being a little pipsqueak, I was like, ah, oh, I can, <laughs> I'll do some, I can do jokes. When I was in the band, I always liked talking in between the songs, trying to be funny there. It worked. Like you say, working in in this tech thing, I like being funny to my detriment. So it's, it's been, always been a way, and I've always, you know, loved being kind of obsessed with with comedy and whether it be sitcoms or watching stand up. Like when I was like a teenager, so you give it a go, and then you're like, oh shit, I guess I can. I might be able to do this. It's been something that I've been tinkering with unofficially for a long time. 
<laughs> unofficially becoming official yeah. um, we have something in common because there'll be many people listening to this pod who have been made redundant or as you would say let go even if you don't want to be let go do you kind of miss from being let go from various jobs or just that one big one do you kind of miss that banter of being in the office thinking fuck this will make some great material with various things or was the office you were in just boring <laughs> I mean I've never I was thinking people think about the, the office being this hotbed for material be like oh you want to tell you what you want what you want to do you want to get that thing that janet said and then say that in the on the stage in huddersfield they'll love that it turns out they don't um <laughs> they don't know janet they don't give a shit what she said it's it's a tricky one to get that stuff off the ground i mean sometimes there, there, were, there are some things where i think about like the office there's a thing that i've never turned into a bit that i think the my favorite thing that i ever saw in my office was that we had uh <laughs> basically this guy from the government came in and i was like in a sort of sales role i was trying to sell him something i guess and he um <laughs> which you know when i say i guess it's because i i did get let go because i uh was never selling anybody anything because i was working on stand up instead of doing my job um, <laughs> more stand up than sales up <laughs> yeah it tends to be a thing that the, the sales managers don't like but yeah, the, a guy came in and he was looking around our office and our, the CEO of the company I was working in be, be, just before I started, when I went full-time with stand-up, the CEO was used a wheelchair and he had this kind of device in the office that allowed him to, to stand in, in meetings. Um, and it's kind of this wooden device, like kind of retro looking device. Anyway, this, this guy comes into the office and he, and he sees it and he says, oh, what do you do? He's this Dutch guy's like, what do you do? Do you, you, I guess you put your naughty partners in in this device. Before I could even say anything, he kind of got, a, he saw the little flash across my face, and he said, "Ah, oh, he's disabled, isn't he?" <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, seeing somebody that heartbroken that they'd made a joke so unintentionally. That was one of the few things in the office where I'm like, now that, now that is. Yeah, that is something. That's better than Janice in Huddersfield. It's better than Janice in Huddersfield. Yeah, I do miss some things about the office. Being able to go to the the toilet and get paid for it for a long time. Um, <laughs> that doesn't we, really work with stand up. You know, I I would I get barred from the venue. We had a boss of a radio station I used to be in, and he refused in the morning to have a shit because he would do it in work time. So he would rather get paid for it. And he had two kids, so he would have been up early doing the school run. And the first thing you'd see was from the school run to him running right past the studio to the toilet at about 8.59. And he would come out at about 9.11. And it was clockwork Monday to Friday. He sounds like he's got some issues, that guy. Totally. I want to just say there is some great content on your Instagram. It's at floodhaha is your handle. I was scanning through just around the job note for this kind of job interview you stumbled across midway through a gig. Um, It's brilliant to watch. It basically is a person who kind of ends up, someone was applying for a receptionist job, ends up sitting next to the person who was actually going to do the hiring for that particular job. Yeah, it's crazy. And she didn't get it because there's a bit of a crescendo at the end where this almost like a job interview plays out on stage. And I think she nailed the job interview in front of you and everybody else in the crowd. But you rung the company. She never got it in the end. Yeah, yeah, she didn't. I mean, (laughs) when you're doing a show... I always like bringing the audience into it because otherwise, you know, what's the point? Making it live. I just wheel out a telly and put one of my videos on. <laughs> it just turned out that there was 
I asked some guy where he worked and he worked at this design agency and then this called Plimsoll in Bristol and then this the, the group kind of got all agitated like down the front and I was like hey oh, what's this and she'd applied for a job that day and he was the hiring manager so we did the interview in in the gig and, and I was like well she's fucking got the job and I want 10% of that <laughs> recruitment fee but then yeah so I I, I guess we've, we've said, I mean, it's only a two minute video, so uh, it's not like a movie ain't ruining it for you. She didn't get the job. So I don't know. The system is rigged, Johnny. Totally. Well, what else have you got to do? So maybe I'll try and go in and see, see what this gal has got going for her, the one who did get the job. Because I did speak to her. Yeah, Gabby. Gabby, is that it? Yeah. So I'm going to go find out. Maybe, maybe Gabby is the world's best receptionist. I don't, I don't know what the, what the special <laughs> source is for the best receptionist to receive you incredibly well. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that would be. Well, Plymouth Soul in Bristol's got a lot to uh, answer for for this injustice. I know. We <laughs> Alleged. Won. Another brilliant thing which I see and definitely want to talk about is the hairstyle you have, uh, Benedictine Monk, which mm. you can't watch any of your videos or even you'll notice it on the poster, the award-winning poster and countless swings you've had out there. I like it, but do you tend to sort of get a few laughs when... Because I love it when it's like, oh, I've had my haircut, and then just the audience go into bulk, and you're like, hang on, I haven't quite got to the gag yet. Yeah. Basically, so if uh, for people listening, I have a a, a, um, a severe fringe. and <laughs> Is that what it's known in the industry as? That's <laughs> why I have to... severe that. fringe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the severe fringe festival. And basically, I, um, <laughs> I had this haircut for, you know, just for normal life. <laughs> It's a type of haircut that is that is trendy in sort of um, the past, <laughs> and al- <laughs> but also like you know it is a haircut in in a way. But one day I got it, I did it myself, and it made it much worse, which is um, kind of how I sort of keep it. Yeah, I kind of like I, I like the look. Thing is, it's it'll be going one day. Do you know what I mean? And I may as well have a bit of fun with it while I've got it. I think for the one of the future posters, it could be very sort of classic with that kind of old school oil painting, you know, something from like, say, Charles II's reign with that kind of her style. I think, you know, almost go traitor-esque with the actual monk kind of cloak and over your head, you know, a little candle in your hand. Maybe that could be the next poster design. It's not a bad idea. He's trying to get his own award. Steady well, on, yeah, I'm trying to get my own award. Or 10%, mate, either way. That's yeah, it. this is going back to the plimsoll thing. We are um, in a pyramid scheme with me at the top and <laughs> we're all going to be getting cuts from this. Actually, at the top is this person that we're going to get into the receptionist job. But yeah. some way, somewhere, someone's going to get a tiny bit of money. And that's yeah. what this is all about. I'm all for that. I think with my hairstyle, it's being compared to, to be fair, it hasn't really been done today, but it's kind of, I'm pointing at it now, but it's very sort of Widow's kind of peak S going on. A mixture between John Terry and Steve from Corrie. Uh, that's kind of my look for the hairstyle, I think. Is that what you go, you go into the barbers with those two pictures? So I'll have, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Terry in his, his full kit wanker photo from a couple of years ago from the Champions League final and Steve from Corrie and just say, look, do, do your worst or your <laughs> so best. It's just done. Absolutely done. So the tour remoulded is happening until the 16th of March. Just looking beyond that, Adam, and you can give away as much or as little as you want. And um, What is actually post this tour when you finish in Edinburgh from the 16th of March? What's next on the slope? Well, I'm, I'm off to Melbourne and Brisbane comedy festivals. I'm out there for like a month and a bit, which is insane. Like they're, they're flying me out there and putting me up and I get to do shows there the whole time. So that is going to be good. 
I reckon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a mixed bill of some amazing comics like John Hastings and Mark Simmons. So yeah, so I'll be like working on my new show out there. I've also, I've got some, you know, I'm working on a, a few things that, you know, hopefully for, for telly and, and for radio, as well as a new show at the Edinburgh Fringe. So that'll be at the Monkey Barrel, 10 p.m. at the Tron, every night of the Fringe. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> but hey, I'll be there doing something. <laughs> Adam Flood TBC. <laughs> that's that's it. I think mean, I've got, yeah, the deadline to come up with the, the show title is in, in like a week so um i'm hoping it'll come to me in a dream or a nightmare either way it'll be something that's why that's why when you look at show titles they've so often got absolutely nothing to do with the show you have to yeah. come up with it before <laughs> before you know what it is it's like putting a film out there with and, and built putting the cast and everyone in it without knowing what the hell it's about it's like as well also that trick what people use of putting like a a a a batteries yeah. uh, at the start and you're like just to get it on page one of the guide yeah luckily my name's adam flood i get bumped up just a little bit you know the amazing adam, adam flood, flood. Yeah. <laughs> well, Adam, it's been a pleasure to chat. Like I said, Adam's Instagram is full of brilliant little clips, not only just the stand-up, but some of the silly videos. Insta is at Flood. Haha. It's adamflood.co.uk, which gives you a direct link to the current tour tickets and obviously one to look out for for the Fringe this year. Like I said, remolded 2024 dates on now. It concludes on the 16th of March in Edinburgh, Glasgow, London, Bristol and Manchester. All up for grabs and go and see Mr flood mate it's been a pleasure thank you so much pal i wish you all the best thank you for having me johnny all the best everybody cheers buddy